With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of B-Shafe Daily. Brennan Schaefer alongside you here on Thursday, May 20th. It's just after midnight getting home from Bush Stadium from Wednesday's Cardinals game as they sweep the Pittsburgh Pirates, do exactly what they're supposed to do to kind of rebound after a tough series in San Diego over the weekend. Cardinals take the two-gamer from the Buckos, winning it on Tuesday 5-2, to and then coming back tonight, Wednesday, winning it 8-5 to behind. Another quality start by Jack Flaherty, who maybe didn't have his best stuff, but still had more than enough to take care of the Pirates and the offense, once again, backing up Jack Flaherty. Good to see what they've been able to provide for him so far this season as far as run support goes in his starts. And driving down to the ballpark today, was talking to my dad on the phone and said, look, I just don't think there's any way I'd be surprised if the Cardinals were to lose this game tonight. And actually, I thought it kind of set up for Jack Flaherty to have maybe one of those uh, memorable nights, historic night perhaps, the way no-hitters have been flying around off the shelves around Major League Baseball. Corey Kluber had one tonight, but I thought maybe Jack Flaherty might have been the guy to get the Cardinals back in the uh, no-hitter category after all these years following the uh, Bud Smith no-hitter. Cardinals still waiting on the successor to Bud Smith with the team's next no-hitter. I believe it was 2001 when he accomplished the feat, and the Cardinals have, of course, not had one since. But I thought, you know what? With the way Jack Flaherty has begun to dial into his game, throwing his last couple of outings, two scoreless affairs, 13 total innings, getting a handle on the walk totals over the last couple of games, which has allowed him to be more efficient and perhaps could lend itself, if he were to continue that trend tonight, toward the possibility that he could keep the Pirates down for nine innings. Just, you know, had a feeling maybe it would be a night like that for Jack. It wasn't, though. He kind of reverted back to some of the issues that we'd seen from him previously this season with regard to his command and efficiency on the mound. Didn't have that kind of efficiency tonight that would have uh, been necessary for such a performance, but I think it just goes to show how good Jack Flaherty really is and can and be when you look at the box score and the line that he was able to accomplish tonight, despite not maybe having his best stuff. He was really kind of struggling to find the strike zone early on, and you end up finding four walks in the game for him. And, you know, speaking of the no-hitter type stuff, it was not until the third inning that he actually gave up his first hit. But by then, it was, you know, he was about to 50 pitches before that even happened. And so, clearly, it just wasn't going to be the kind of efficient, snappy outing that he needed. But, you know, let's not belabor the point. On the downside, Jack Flaherty, really good, and, you know, when when the Cardinals give him the kind of run support early that they did, sort of allowed him to settle into a game uh, where where he was very likely to end up on the upside. And like I mentioned, finds a way to get through six innings. That's not, you know, a given in this game. We've, we've seen Cardinals starters go for fewer than that, especially when you have four walks. 
So for him to be able to, A, kind of get through uh, the, the the middle portion of this game and, and where he gives up the home run in the fifth, but then to log that sixth inning, it ends up being pretty important because, well, at the time that he departed after six, it was an 8-2 to two game for the Cardinals. The middle section of the Cardinals' bullpen struggled again tonight and is, is an area that I think, fair to say, maybe a little bit of concern in figuring out how the Cardinals are going to fill those those spots uh, with, with you know, either the guys that are currently there and, and just in a more effective manner than they have performed so far, or if the Cardinals will continue to mix and match as the season goes along, keep the Memphis shuttle moving, maybe get some guys back from injury to figure out the, the bridge in the bullpen because we've seen the late inning guys like Gio Gallegos, like Hennessy Cabrera, who came in to kind of save the day tonight. And of course, Alex Reyes, who logs his 13th save of the season. And Ryan Helsley, too, deserves some credit as one of those guys who's been kind of gravitating toward the back end of games and uh, was able to do a nice job tonight to two thirds of an inning without giving up a hit or a walk. So you've got kind of a comfort level with what you're seeing in the back end of the bullpen for the Cardinals. But tonight, in a game that really was a blowout and should have remained as such, Cody Whitley struggled, did not record an out, and ends up being charged with three earned runs in total after Tyler Webb comes in, only gets one out, allows a couple of base hits that permitted those inherited runners to end up coming around to score. Uh, from the left side in particular, the Cardinals do not have it figured out beyond Henesis Cabrera, and they've been working him pretty hard. You don't want to see a guy like Cabrera end up being run down by the time September and the postseason in October arrives because that's an arm you're definitely going to want to be fresh and to be ready when the moment arrives because for this team that the expectation is that it will. We talked about, you know, this being a first place team, having trouble with the Padres and, and kind of falling a little bit out of favor from where they had been. But then you, you come right back with two wins against a team that you should beat up on. Cardinals, I believe, should have something in the neighborhood of 13, 14 more games against the Pirates this season. I'm not looking at the schedule, but usually play something like 18, 19 games, it seems like. And they've played five so far, and they've won them all, and that's kind of where the Cardinals should be against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And so great timing to have this little midweek series before the Chicago Cubs come into town and return to Bush for the first time since 2019. Of course, the Cubs did not make a trip to St. Louis last season with the way the COVID schedule set up. All those games ended up being played in Chicago rather than any of them at Bush Stadium. So for the Cardinals to kind of get a couple of wins back under their belt before the Cubs come into town, that's a positive, but you're still going to want to look, especially with the Pirates. We're going to have to grade on a curve because uh, while a win is a win, you want to take a deeper look into what kind of could be going on with this team that could have an impact as the season goes along. So definitely the middle part of that bullpen, as we mentioned, something to be maybe a little bit uh, aware of, concerned about, as, you know, Cody Whitley, Tyler Webb, these guys, you know, you want to see them performing and be able to close out an 8-2 to game. Instead, they made it 8-5, to and and really you did need a, a good performance from Henesis Cabrera to be able to, to calm things over. He gets a couple of big outs at the end of that seventh inning and then comes in for the first out of the eighth uh, to be able to get that inning off to, to a, the right start before handing it over to Ryan Helsley. So it's just another example of, of something we've seen recently with the Cardinals, and that's the bullpen being kind of broken down into different categories, different compartments and tiers where you might trust one, which the, the important part is to trust the back end for sure. That's when, when you're trying to hold down a lead in, in a safe situation as the Cardinals ended up having tonight in the eighth and ninth. Uh, you want to be able to have your trust in your best arms to be able to get the job done. 
pretty consistently they've been able to do that. Alex Reyes has been really, really good. Uh, continuing to have a little bit of issues with allowing a leadoff base runner. Gave up just one hit tonight, but strikes out the side. Uh, I mean, his stuff has just been ridiculous. .39 ERA for the season now for Alex Reyes. So you really like what he's done as the closer. A uh, little bit of issues in the middle innings. We'll see how the Cardinals able to kind of address that as the season goes along. And for Tyler Webb in particular, he wasn't charged with any earned runs tonight because they were inherited runners that scored against him. But 11.25 ERA and then a, a not a successful outing tonight to be sure as he just faces the three batters and allows two of them uh, to not only reach base but to drive in important runs that could have come back to haunt the Cardinals in this game. It doesn't end up happening that way, so you'd like to see that the, 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 the quality arms at the back end of the bullpen able to shut things down. Offensively tonight, we'll get a little bit more into Jack Flaherty, too, as we go along. Uh, but want to kind of jump to the run support that Flaherty, once again, was able to receive. And it's really been the top of the order. Tommy Edmond had a really impressive game tonight on base three times. Uh, led things off with a double in the first inning and then had an RBI base hit in the second. And then had a, a line drive, kind of a, a long fly ball slash line drive that was caught by the right fielder on the run, could have potentially dropped in if it had done so, would have been a couple of RBIs at least, and potentially extra bases again, uh, two or three, I would think, for Tommy Edmond. Tommy Tommy two bags, I call him, unless he triples, and then he's Tommy three bags. But top of the lineup for the Cardinals had been a little bit of a struggle lately for Edmond. It had been uh, a little over a week, I want to say, a week or two since he recorded his last extra base hit. I believe it was Jeff Jones tonight that tweeted out, that May 5th was the last time that Edmund had extra bases. And then tonight able to get it out of the leadoff spot, raising the batting average up to 281, the OPS of 712. We've continued to talk about how, while Edmund has performed well for the Cardinals this season, that OPS is, is not quite as high as you'd like to see it. But for a leadoff guy with his kind of speed, able to get the batting average up, as, as long as he can push it closer to 280, 290, maybe even 300 at some point, you'll end up pretty satisfied, I think, with with what his output can ultimately be. And Edmund also ends up getting a stolen base tonight, his eighth of the season. And so that kind of puts him into position where if he's on first and, and can try to take second with regularity and succeed in doing so, uh, you'll, you'll find that getting him into a scoring position for the guys up the middle of that lineup like Goldschmidt or Renato would end up being a pretty nice recipe. And tonight that was the case as Goldschmidt having another solid game as he's trying to work his way back from a little bit of a, a slow start. Three for five, two runs driven in for Goldie tonight as he gets the average up above 250 and the OPS into the 700. So you like to see that. And uh, just being able to get things rolling for the top of the order, important for the Cardinals. And Trevor Cahill ends up leaving the game injured tonight for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But the Cardinals took advantage of him not being you know, particularly sharp, not necessarily a, a starter who's had a great season. He falls to one and five on the season, ends up leaving the game in the second inning with an injury. Uh, and the Cardinals were able to pounce on that situation and, and be able to come out of the first two innings of this game with a 6 nothing lead. And, and you know, ideally you make the Pirates at that point uh, a team that you expect to finish in last place and, and certainly will do so. You try to make them feel like they are not involved in this game at all, and that was really the effect that you felt watching the first couple of innings of it. Of course, we mentioned how the bullpen tried to let Pittsburgh back into it, but end up getting a couple of big runs too in the fifth inning as the Cardinals find some insurance that way, which, again, at the time, you didn't think that was going to be particularly significant. But you definitely felt better about the, the, the standing of things after they were able to get that done when you look at 
the way the bullpen started to kind of cough things up a little bit. And, and the part of the order that got it done for the Cardinals in the fifth inning, it's worth noting, Justin Williams ripped a nice single on the first pitch that he saw from Luis Oviedo, who came in uh, out of relief for the Pirates. And then the very first pitch for, to Edmundo Sosa, he drives a base hit to right field. So uh, two guys at the bottom of the order, not waiting around to try to make an impact. Both put really good swings on the baseball to kind of set up that inning for the Cardinals. Mike, what does it say about the way that Jack is pitching right now, that even when he maybe isn't at his sharpest, he's still able to go out there and deliver quality start after quality start for you guys, as he did tonight, had some deeper counts that he dealt with, but still a really quality game. Yeah, art of pitching. I mean, uh, we have high expectations. Jack has him more importantly than anybody, and Jack still pitched a nice ball game tonight, you know. Um they threw some tough at bats on him, uh, some longer at bats. Was able to battle through it. He also had to go through. Won't make, not an excuse for him, but um, you know, it's probably the inning he wasn't as sharp. Was the inning after we had a long inning offensively, and they made the pitching change. So, you know, that was a little bit of you know adjustment to him to get back out in the mound. But Jack was fantastic. Gave us six um, really quality innings and did a nice job outside of the one swing to Polanco. Um, you know, but he did a great job. Jack Flaherty drawing a walk to load up the bases in that spot after he had come through with an RBI earlier in the game, a sacrifice fly in the second inning. I believe the bases were loaded in that situation as well. But at any rate, that was uh, during the injury delay. He had to wait around as the guy that was batting. It was a 1-0 count when Cahill came out of the game on Jack Flaherty. And the first pitch he sees from the reliever, he flies pretty hard into right field to allow that run to come home in the score. So not only the run support that Jack Flaherty is receiving, but in part the run support that he's helping himself with because he had a nice game offensively for the Cardinals tonight as well with the RBI and then a walk in the fifth. And Tommy Edmond coming through with the sacrifice fly, Dylan Carlson making sure to keep the line moving so the Cardinals get a couple of insurance runs there in the fifth. Just really impressive on a consistent basis what the Cardinals have been able to do offensively when Jack Flaherty starts. And I asked Mike Schild about it, if there's anything about the confidence of knowing that Jack Flaherty's on the mound that has allowed the offense to really thrive this season in those situations. But obviously the manager of the team is not somebody, you know, Mike Schilt has been pretty consistent in the way he's answered these kinds of questions, uh, not wanting to, to put down or diminish the contributions of or, or the comfort level even with the, the offense when they come into games with anybody else starting. And so... Uh, kind of made a blanket statement about the fact that the guys can perform well offensively uh, when anybody's on the mound and, and are confident in their pitchers. But certainly there has been something to the fact that with Jack Flaherty on the mound, the Cardinals have they've scored early, they've scored often, and they've been able to, to do it even after he's left the game to give him the kind of insurance that allows him to pad the win totals a little bit. And, and it's something that has, has opened things up for Flaherty to start 8-0 and on the season. First Cardinal to do that since somebody named Bob Gibson eight and zero in the first nine starts of a season. So a uh, really good start for Jack Flaherty. And again, it's not like he was at his best tonight. I don't want to continue to harp on that fact, but I mean, when you throw six innings and only give up two runs, it's pretty much ho-hum. He had seven strikeouts, uh, but the four walks, that's just Jack Flaherty knows that he can be, I think, better than he was tonight. And he called it a little bit of a grind of a game when I asked him about, you know, what it says about his game that he's able to, to get as far into the game as he does, throw the six innings, even when he doesn't necessarily feel at his best. And he did. He admitted that it was a grinder for him, uh, but that he was satisfied to be able to get through that sixth inning uh, because five is just not enough. It, you know, even even when you, you recognize that your stuff is not at its best and you're not as sharp as you could be, 
uh, when you're a player of the caliber of Jack Flaherty, you still have the expectation to be able to squeeze a little bit more out of your outing, of your performance, uh, than, than maybe your stuff feels like it would dictate. And the fact that he was able to get through six tonight, I think, speaks to uh, the, the, the kind of pitcher and the maturity and the growth that he's continuing uh, to go through as he really develops into a bona fide ace for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Going to play just one clip for you tonight asking uh, Mike Schilt about Jack Flaherty's outing and the fact that he was able to grind through this outing and, and get his team another win, which is really at the end of the day what counts. So here's the Cardinals manager on Jack Flaherty after he answers the question that you'll hear from me coming up here. Mike, what does it say about the way that Jack is pitching right now that even when he maybe isn't at his sharpest, he's still able to go out there and deliver all he start after quality start for you guys as he did tonight, had some deeper counts that he dealt with, but still a really quality game? Yeah, hard of pitching. I mean, uh, we have high expectations. Jack has him more importantly than anybody, and Jack still pitched a nice ball game tonight, you know. Um, they threw some tough at-bats on him, uh, some longer at-bats. He was able to battle through it. He also had to go through – not an excuse for him, but – um, you know, it's probably the inning he wasn't as sharp was the inning after we had a long inning offensively and they made the pitching change. So, you know, that was a little bit of, you know, adjustment to him to get back out in the mound. But Jack was fantastic. He gave us six um, really quality innings and did a nice job outside of the one swing to Polanco, um, you know, but he did a great job. So while the four walks for Jack Flaherty tied a season high for him this season, uh, ends up with seven strikeouts, which is the second highest total that he's had. So I think a little bit on both sides of it, maybe working too many deep counts. Again, if you're striking guys out, that's not a problem. But if you're combining that with a lot of walks, it does make it difficult to get deeper into games. But the fact that he was able to do both of those things tonight and still throw six and only give up two, uh, it's not like they were hitting them all around the ballpark either. A uh, really commendable effort from Jack Flaherty as this game, we mentioned the eight wins. It's it's all consecutive for him. Eight straight decisions, all victories for Jack Flaherty, and the Cardinals have not lost a game that he started this year as the team improves to 9-0 and in games pitched by Jack Flaherty. Of course, the first one, which was not a decision for him, uh, but a game the Cardinals won nevertheless was that one in Cincinnati. Cardinals winning 11-6 on opening day. Jack Flaherty, that's the only game he didn't get through five innings this season. And from there, he's been downright spectacular, uh, just really pitching the Cardinals into first place, essentially, by himself. I mean, you look at the Cardinals' record, you look at where they are in the standings right now. The team is 25-18. and 18. You take away the games Jack Flaherty started, they're two games below 500. So, uh, you know, obviously it goes without saying. It shouldn't, it, you know, that's not new math here. The fact that your ace starting pitcher is the, the guy, when he's on the mound, your team is the most successful, that's not you know, too bonkers or crazy to think about. But the fact that they haven't lost yet with him on the mound is definitely something significant. And the Cardinals trying to put a little bit of distance between themselves and the second-place club in the NL Central. They'll have even more of an opportunity to do that over the weekend because as of right now, the Cubs have actually surpassed the Milwaukee Brewers who are sliding a little bit in the standings. So the Cubs in second place at 21-21. and The Brewers just a half game behind that with one extra loss. Going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals fare and match up against the Cubs. Uh, you know, it's a team that has underperformed, you feel like, in, in recent years. They haven't ended up as the the team of destiny, uh, the dynasty that you thought perhaps uh, in 2016 could be emerging for Chicago. They've had a lot of ups and downs since then. They've got a lineup that's certainly capable of getting things done. Uh, their pitching is, is not as deep 
as, as it as it once felt like it was, especially you know on paper or, or on the field, when you go and trade away you Darvish and have some of that young core that you had you felt so good about. Jason Hayward did uh, when he signed with the Cubs. Some of those guys, whether they're just enduring some inconsistent performances, not that they're necessarily getting old on you, but they they just haven't been able to lock in on the the consistency to to make another run at a World Series. And now I I think the window may have passed for the Cubs, but certainly with them being in second place, they're going to be hungry to try to shave some games off of the Cardinals' lead when they come to Bush over the weekend. Cardinals have announced that the starting rotation for these three games, which will begin Friday at Bush, and then they'll go Saturday, Sunday as well. It's going to be Carlos Martinez, Miles Michaelis, and Adam Wainwright, the three guys making the starts over the weekend. And so going to have to have some roster moves, obviously, upcoming to make some room because Martinez, Michaelis, currently on the injured list. And so how the Cardinals will maneuver that. I imagine you'll see some movement with the bullpen as well. Uh, if you're thinking Tyler Webb, I, I honestly don't have an answer. You're going to want to have more lefties in your bullpen than you currently do. Andrew Miller, not quite ready to return yet. He might be starting to face some live hitters here pretty soon, but he's still on the injured list and, and not just ready to make his way back yet. And so if you got a Genesis Cabrera lefty out of the bullpen, you feel good about that. But behind him, where the Cardinals could potentially turn, uh, if they do decide to make a move with Tyler Webb, which... Uh, you know, Mike Schultz after the game didn't sound like that was uh, something on his mind, but you wouldn't expect it to be something he would would give away or, or even have thought about at that point in time because, A, the Cardinals had just won a game, and B, uh, Mike Schultz, unlike Tony La Russa, a guy that to a fault is going to be supportive of his players, especially in a public forum like a post-game Zoom after an outing where, where Webb struggled a little bit. But it's it's been that kind of year for Webb, and I, I don't know how long the Cardinals can continue to go with it uh, maybe it's an injured list stint if, if they can, can can stash him there for a few days, try to buy some time. But right now, I just don't think you can have a lot of confidence in the job that he's done when he comes into games. And, and Cardinals fans, I think, would be even a little bit more pointed in their criticism based on uh, some of the things I saw in my Twitter timeline tonight. Definitely not what you want to see. I'd have to think Cody Whitley may be not long for this roster, at least for the time being, as the Cardinals look to make some space for the weekend. Uh, he could potentially head back to, to Memphis, both, you know, in his case, somebody that could be back before long, even if he does get sent out. In the case of Webb, though, uh, you would end up having to expose him to waivers, and historically the Cardinals have waited to the last possible moment uh, to have to do something like that, and then they wait even a little bit longer than that before feeling like their hand is forced into to exposing a guy to waivers with a DFA situation. So I uh, do believe Tyler Webb out of options, so that would be what the Cardinals would be looking at with that situation. And, uh, again, the fact that the ERA is over 11, uh, definitely a guy that Mike Schilt has, has ridden in the past and has really appreciated his efforts and output as, as not necessarily a leverage reliever for the Cardinals over the last couple few years, but has been a guy who has, has been among the team leaders in appearances out of the Cardinals bullpen and, for the most part, has actually done a pretty good job from the left side. And so a uh, bit of an aberration this season. Entered the year, really, I thought as an underrated piece for the Cardinals relief core and then has, has just not been able to get the job done this year. Uh, we'll see where the Cardinals go with that because once again, you will have to have a couple of roster moves coming up, but they'll have a day to decide because Thursday there is no game. So uh, we'll see what the podcast situation looks like for tomorrow. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the St. Louis Cardinals that you would like to hear 
broken down in a podcast form on Thursday when there's an off day. Now's your chance to go ahead and make your impact on the show. Head on over to anchor.fm slash bshafer12 slash message. Record your own little audio to be played on the podcast. If you've got a question, something you'd like me to discuss, go ahead and make my life easy. Tell me what I need to be talking about on Thursday. Uh, If nothing comes up, maybe we won't do a podcast. Maybe I'll be struck by something at 2 in the afternoon and decide, yep, this is what we're talking about Thursday night. But regardless, we'll be talking to you once again very soon as this series, Cardinals, Cubs, at Bush, expanded capacity, should be a whole heck of a lot of fun, and I'll be excited to break it down via podcast all weekend. Uh, One more quick mention, obviously not something that we've discussed yet, on the show, but came out earlier today, earlier on Wednesday, I should say, that the Cardinals in Bush Stadium ready to go for full capacity beginning on June 14th. So that is going to be a lot of fun to see everybody back at the ballpark. No limitations on what the capacity can be. Uh, it's it's going to be great for the environment as uh, summer gets ramped up, and, and this looks to be a contending baseball team. So beginning on May 27th, uh, ticket sales for the rest of the season will go on sale by the Cardinals and uh, – couple of series to keep in mind for sure uh anytime the cubs are in town you're going to want to lock in on that but early september albert pujol is going to be coming back that's going to be uh, i think a hot ticket so if you can get out in front of it should be a, a good idea i'm excited though at some point in time to go to bush stadium just as a spectator been going to the game so far uh covering them for KMOV, but uh i kind of miss it you know haven't been able to do that in a while since uh, 2020, there were no fans. And then so far this year, every game I've been at has been uh, in a working capacity. So uh, one of these days, everybody says, oh, when you're down at Bush Stadium, you know, come meet me at Section 149 or whatever, grab a beer. It's like, I love to grab a beer, but when I'm working, not possible. So one of these games, maybe I'll, I'll let everybody know that, hey, I'm taking the day off and uh, I'll be down here as a spectator. So uh, come say hello. You never know. Sometime in the future, going to be very possible as, once again, unlimited capacity at Bush Stadium. The only limit, how many seats are in the building. And, you know, like this week, they expanded capacity for the Pirates games, I believe, and there really wasn't that much of an uh, increase to the turnout. We're going to start to see, I think, the impact of what it could look like beginning on Friday with the Cubs in town. Those should definitely be the biggest crowds of the season to date. As I expect, you know, if, if if capacity was 32% and then they doubled it, which, you know, gets you about to, I don't know, 26, 28,000, depending on, on what the exact numbers are. I expect you're going to be pretty close to a sellout crowd in, in the 20s with what's supposed to be really good weather for the weekend. So going to be a blast down at Bush. Excited to get to talk about it. But uh, day off tomorrow, so make sure you get your questions or responses in uh, for what you'd like to have us talk about on the off day. If in fact we're able to get around to a podcast, which I'd like to do, since I had you know missed the weekend because of Minneapolis for my anniversary, as I mentioned, if you heard yesterday's episode, uh, so gonna get back onto the grind of things as uh, the Cardinals heating back up. It's like I leave for a few days and they they stop playing very good baseball and I come back and it's like I never left. So if the grind of B shaped daily is what keeps the Cardinals going strong, some of the listeners out there, I don't know, you might have to support this thing financially so we can. Uh, Make sure to keep it on the air, on the uh, the internet airwaves. Make sure the Cardinals keep playing well. You know, it's taking one for the team, right? All right, appreciate you guys once again, and we will talk to you next time on B-Shave Daily.